Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. I want to talk a little bit more about 49ers versus Cowboys before we move on to the Eagles. thought it was very important to get into some of the stats, go over some of the numbers. I mean, yesterday it's all about instant reaction, how you're feeling, the excitement. Today you can dive a little bit more into the game and how the 49ers played and how they battled a team like Dallas that is not only a rival, uh, but it has been a direct competitor with the Philadelphia Eagles, who they're going to be playing here pretty soon, Sunday, noon Pacific time. Uh, so I wanted to get all into those numbers. And what's up to Daryl and Donald and Chad? How are you guys doing? Hope you guys are having a good one. East Coast Red and Gold podcast in the house as well. We're going to get into the numbers. You guys can interact as much as you want. What's up, Spy Nick Danger? Ask questions. Let's have a good conversation about 49ers versus Cowboys before we turn the page directly over to all the preparation for Eagles, which have actually started. I just want to get into this and talk a little bit about the Cowboys because we didn't get to go through a lot of the numbers. And there was you know, some interesting things that happened in this football game. It was a close matchup. 19-12, uh, I had thought the 49ers would win by 10. They ended up winning by 7. But I also thought the 49ers were going to score more points than they did. So let's look at exactly how the... You know, the, the, the kind of the game went uh, Cowboy stats compared to 49er stats. I think it'll give us a good idea of, you know, who actually handled and dominated this game. First off, time of possession, 49ers win by six minutes. A lot of that in the second half. That 13-play drive they had that's capped off by a touchdown by Christian McCaffrey really set the tone for the second half. Once again, Kyle Shanahan, D'Amico Ryans absolutely kill it. 
with second half adjustments. Kyle Yushek talked about the fact that at halftime, you know, they usually go to the bathroom, get something to drink, get something to eat, hang out, and wait for what Kyle is going to do as far as what he's going to put on the board for them to be running in the second half. So time of possession, 40 yards with six minutes, that ends up being very critical. Then when you get to first downs, 49ers with 21 to Dallas's 15, that ball control. One of the things we talked about leading up to the week was you needed to have a balanced attack rush running game to passing game. You had a good running game and a good passing game, and they were pretty close and equal. You could beat the Cowboys because you could get first downs. You could win time of possession. You could get off the field on third down, which the 49ers did. Uh, so if it was third and medium to long, the 49ers usually were successful getting off the field. Third and short has still been an Achilles heel for the 49ers all season long, and it continued in this game. But once again, the 49ers only give up 12 points to one of the best offenses in the entire league. Now when you get to total yards, 49ers outgain Dallas 312 to 282. Um, so, you know, once again, offense come, shows up and gets it done. Passing yards, Dallas gets the nod, 206 to the 49ers, 199. Uh, so seven-yard difference between the two. But when you flip it over to rushing, 49ers with 113. Of course, most of that in the second half. And then you look over at Dallas with only 76 yards. And we'll go through some of the player stats as well. Uh, but nobody from the Cowboys could really get it going on the ground. We heard all the talk during the week from Skip Bayless and other Cowboys. Hey, Tony Pollard, he's going to go crazy. Uh, he's going to go off. You know, and I sat here and I said, look, you know, he's a good player. Tony Pollard's good. Uh, we've went against Christian McCaffrey when he was on the Panthers. Uh, you know, we went against Austin Eckler on the Chargers. We went against Alvin Kamara on the Saints. He's very much in that mold. And the 49ers defense has been well-equipped to handle speed. Where they've struggled is when they've played teams like Atlanta that can line it up and run it right down your throat. Something I'm sure the Eagles are going to try to do, and we'll get into that during this week. Penalties, 49ers, three. Uh, Cowboys, seven. Uh, so Cowboys definitely struggled in that area. Uh, return yards, the Eagles had. I mean, Turpin, he, he made some scary plays. I was worried about Turpin breaking one. Robbie Gold saved us, but 120 yards return to the Niners, 70. Uh, it's not like Ray Ray played bad when he actually held on the ball. He had the one bad fumble. It could have been catastrophic. He ends up bouncing back. The team defense held the 49ers uh, or held the Cowboys out of the end zone and helped the 49ers. So that was good. Total plays pretty even. 49ers with three more plays than the Cowboys. Total yards, uh, five yards per play for the 49ers, 4.7 for the Cowboys. Pretty even. Turnovers, though. Dak turns over the ball twice. Ray Ray McLeod once so i mean just looking at it back and forth it's pretty evenly matched uh the 49ers though end up winning in in some categories and when you're going to win a game by seven you have to be able to win in some of those categories and how's everyone doing in chat i sorry i was not paying attention to it the whole time but daryl with the super chat says, thanks brother you are a dog like jj <laughs> like Jawan jennings appreciate that uh jennings is an absolute dog he gets after everyone i love watching Jawan jennings block uh, I know he makes all the catches on third down, and that's exciting too, but just watching his aggressive style at which he plays is so fun. Uh, and, you know, we're on victory Monday right now, and Donald says, I'm having a great day. Our team won and beat the Cowgirls. Uh, yeah, you can celebrate. You can enjoy it. What's up, Traffic? Traffic's in chat. Jan's in chat. Says Stephen A. drinking Cowboy fan tears. I'm sure that's been a lot of fun. I haven't really caught it yet. Anonymous, how's it going? Says Cowgirls defense came to play. 49ers just wore them out in the fourth quarter. They did. They were flying around. They were aggressive. That first drive for the 49ers. Last year, the 49ers uh, 
with Debo Samuel in the backfield, ran some counter plays early and took advantage of the aggressive style uh, that the Cowboys played with where they were flying out. Um, in this game, Kyle Shanahan didn't. He went with the, the short toss uh, to Christian McCaffrey out to the right. And you can, if you watch that play, not only did Micah Parsons not respect anything that happened on the backside, he went flying across, but so did you know, Van Der Esch and, and Anthony Barr. I mean, they were all flying as well. They were definitely attacking. And then the, the next play for the 49ers, they think they're going to get Parsons to come up field, and then they're going to be able to throw it over his head to Debo Samuel on a little screen. Parsons reads it. You got to give him credit. And with his speed and size, uh, he ran out there with Debo and took it away. It forces Brock Purdy to eat it, and we take a sack. And then all of a sudden, you got third and 19 because uh, you had the failed run and then that. And you you know they're going to allow something underneath. They get it to Debo. He gets some yardage back. Uh, but you're going to have to punt, and that's a three and out. You got to give credit to Dallas. They were well prepared for what Kyle Shannon was going to do. And I think Kyle thought they were going to think because of their aggressiveness, they would be, you know, 49ers were going to go with something, some counter type look again. And he tried to go after them at the point of attack and it didn't work. The other smart thing that happened that Dallas did, and I was trying to point this out last night. I didn't do it very eloquently. I was kind of hyped from the game, which I'm sure everyone knows. Um, but I did kind of explain it on Twitter a little bit was one of the, one of the matchups that was going on uh, in previous weeks was they would put Micah Parsons and Anthony Barr on the same side, and then they would have Van Der Esch and Demarcus Lawrence on the other. Well, in this game, they flipped it. So they must've understood Dan Quinn must've understood what I was seeing in film too. And so what they did is they put Parsons and Van Der Esch on the same side where Parsons ain't that good against the run. Van Der Esch is. So he totally protected Parsons. And then on the other side, Demarcus Lawrence protected Anthony Barr. Uh, it was it was very smart. There were still times they went after Barr. I was watching film today and watching Christian McCaffrey you know, get a little bit of emotion out and then go with a choice route on Anthony Barr for a big catch and you know a gain of eight. Uh, and that was on first down. So it brings up second and two. So I think there were things they still did, but it was a little bit more difficult with the alignment change. Uh, Kyle had to somewhat, you know, figure that out. Once he did, uh, they attacked and did really well. And what's up to San Francisco Johnson chat says, what's up TCC? I remember seeing how even the teams were in rush yards, passers, et cetera. At the time, the score was 12, uh, 12, 16 Niners. That was a tight one. Instant classic, right? It's fun. You know, the games that have been in this rivalry haven't exactly been blowouts. There have been blowouts in the regular season, but most of the games that have been played in the playoffs, you know, throughout the history were really close games. Uh, in the 70s, there was close matchups. In the 80s, there was close matchups. 90s, close matchups. So that's just kind of how these teams roll. Uh, but yeah, it was exciting overall with the numbers. And John says, Niners undefeated 14-0 when they win the turnover battle. That's a great stat. They won it by one on this one. Donald says, should have Kyle called less conservative plays in the first half specifically? I don't think he was trying to be conservative. I think he was trying to... Uh, figure out what they were doing. They they kind of switched some things up. They had some different looks. They also, you know, sometimes you can't relate speed. Uh, so you see things on film and you're like, okay, he's fast, but how fast is he compared to our guys? So you set it up to block a certain way, and then you find out, like, wait a second, that guy is is faster uh, than he even looked on film. And you know, you probably thought, hey, this guy can handle him, uh, but in the same situation, he can't. So what you have to do is then navigate through. Uh, you know, figuring out exactly how to change your offense or give a little help here or there to be able to take advantage of what the Cowboys actually were doing. 
So there is a little bit of a transition. I don't think it was about being conservative. I think it was about going in with a set game plan and that game plan not being what they needed to do against what the Cowboys presented. And then once you figure out what they're presenting, then you try to adjust. But like, if you go look at the Brock Purdy numbers, which I'll bring up right here, uh, I'll bring up and, and discuss a little bit. Um, his numbers are very Brock Purdy-ish. 19 of 29. So, you know, 65.5 completion percentage. Uh, 214 yards with a 94.7 QBR. Now, normally you want his QBR has been a lot higher. I get that. You know, he's been around 215 to, you know, 265 yards. I know last week he went for over 300. He had some big plays. I think the glaring difference is, right, he normally has at least two touchdowns that he throws for. But, I mean, this has kind of been his numbers minus the touchdowns. I don't think it was a crazy different game. I don't think Kyle called things, you know, less aggressive. He still hit George Kittle on the seam with Kittle one-on-one -on -one and Deron Bland. So I think that there were some things that just didn't work. I think he came in there with a certain game plan, and Dan Quinn was on top of it early, and then he had to adjust. Uh, once he adjusted, they definitely were able to get the ball moving, which is good. And what's up to Paul? Welcome to chat, Paul. Says, which teams have had success running against the Eagles, and what style runners were they? Well, let's let's go ahead and let's let's look at the Eagles a little bit. I want to get into this later, you know, this week, but uh, why not talk about it right now? So the Detroit Lions were able to run for 181 yards against the Eagles. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals ran for 124. I'm guessing most of that was Kyler Murray. Um, the Cowboys ran for 134. So once again, a little bit of Tony Pollard action. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers ran for 144. So we know what kind of running game that is with Najee Harris. 168 to the Houston Texans, a 152 to the Washington Commanders, almost 100 to the Indianapolis Colts, 106 to Green Bay, which is, you know, probably pretty close to what the 49ers do on the ground. Uh, Tennessee got 87, New York Giants 123. And this is the interesting part about the Eagles. So the Eagles gave up a lot of 100-yard rushers. They're they're not one of the best against the run uh, in the league. Uh they're just not. I mean, that's that's one of the weaknesses you can find, you know, with with this team is you can find weaknesses, you know, with rush defense. I mean, are they really good at, at most areas? And they're one of the best defenses, if not the best defense, you know, in the league. Uh, I mean, the four yards are the best, but I'm saying as far as pass rush and that sort of thing. But rush defense is where you, you kind of find the, the weakness. And so I'm going to bring it up right here. I'm going to see exactly... You know, what we got going with the, the rush defense, they are 17th. They give up 121.6 yards per game on the ground, where the 49ers are second and give up 77. So that's something interesting to remember. But one thing I wanted to bring up, so from week 14, these are the game consecutive games for the Eagles defense. They give up 123 to the Giants. They give up 157 to Chicago. A lot of that had to do with Justin Fields. They gave up 115 to this Dallas team. The 49ers held the 76 yards. They gave up 129 to New Orleans. That's Alvin Kamara, you know, and those guys there. And then they gave up 129 yards to the New York football giants. In their win in the playoffs, they gave up 118 to the New York football giants. So, I mean, they give up 100 yards on the ground pretty consistently. Um, so I think that's, you know, something the Niners can definitely take advantage of. Over the you know the next uh, week or so, um, Daryl's uh, used his member benefits. He's been a, 
a member for two months as Jimmy Ward hit the like button family. Uh, Jimmy Ward absolutely smashed on that play, didn't he? Wow, that was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, that's that's where it is right there. You know, and, and Ernest, as I've been telling my friends all year long, coaching matters, and I think D'Amico Ryans is the X factor. He's he's pretty darn good. He really is. Uh, he's he's spectacular. And you know, the 49ers had some had some also had some guys handle the ball a little bit. Of course, George Kittle, you know, having the big game, five catches, 95 yards. Uh, that's 19 yards per. He had the big 31 yard juggling catch. It was pretty spectacular. You know, Debo, I mean, wasn't huge in this game, but four for 45. Ayuk, two for 26. Both catches were pivotal. Um, Debo had a couple of, you know, big catches too. Jawan Jennings had a huge one at the end of the half uh, for 21 yards to put the 49ers in field goal range. Like, those plays were really big in this game, and and that's that was the thing. It wasn't so much that the 49ers offense clicked on all cylinders and executed highly well against Dallas, um, but when they needed a play, they were able to do it, and Kyle Shanahan brought up the fact that they didn't convert very many, uh, you know, third downs on the ground. It was mainly passing, which means Brock Purdy handling the football and getting it to open guys, and I think that's what's important about it is Brock was in his second ever playoff game, and he was still acting, you know, like a veteran. I know Kyle Shanahan got onto him a little bit at the end of the first half. That They cut it close right there. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those moments where it's good that they can live and learn. Donald says, Kyle will attack the Eagles on the ground and then mix in the air, probably CMC, but I would use him and Mitchell with a little Debo. Uh, Paul's coming through with hashtag keep D'Amico home. Good, yeah, I... I I think he's going to end up taking a head coaching job, but I would love to keep him in San Francisco for sure. Uh, that would be the best situation for the Niners. Maybe not the best situation for D'Amico Ryans. So let's look at the just overall how the 49ers scored. It was a lot of Robbie Gold in this game. Um, Robbie was very important. He, you know, he had uh, the first score of the game. You know, the 49ers went field goal, field goal, field goal. Uh, they don't score a touchdown until the second half when McCaffrey, you know, capped off that huge drive with the touchdown. Uh, 10 plays, 86 yards. I thought it was 13, but I guess it's 10 plays, 86 yards. And it took up si uh, six minutes of the game. And then the four the final drive was the one that was 13 plays. Uh, that was final pl 13 plays, 64 yards. And that took almost eight minutes of the game when the 49ers stretched it to seven. So in the second half, that's where the 49ers really got it going uh you know as far as the long drives uh they had the ball right there for nearly 14 minutes almost an entire quarter between those two scoring drives that resulted in 10 points that's the difference in the game that's how you win playoff football uh you keep your defense on the sideline and then when they're ready they get after it you know and they played really good as well and i want to give out a a award uh for the straight beast which is the offensive player of the game And my straight beast offensive player of the game is going to be George Kittle. I mean, George Kittle was just spectacular. Uh, he was awesome in this game. Five for 95, 19-yard average, 31-yard long, the huge juggling catch, uh, but the energy that he was providing, the blocking, you know, going ahead and chipping Micah Parsons, sometimes taking him on at the point of attack in the run game. George Kittle was by far uh, the best offensive player the 49ers had on the, team, on the, uh, on the field on Sunday, and I want to give him major credit and give him a game ball 
Uh, he's he's my he's my straight beast for this week. I just thought he played so good, and I was very happy to that George Kittle stepped up in a big way. The fact Brock Purdy found him on that throw, and George Kittle said he wasn't even part of the progression. So it was uh, Debo, Juice, and Brandon Ayuk were the the main targets, and then George Kittle just basically found a void. And if you watch it back. One of the defensive linemen that was running with Kittle when they were running the, the fake, the run fake, ends up following him. And that's why you see him taking, you know, he, he's the one chasing Kittle and Kittle's kind of pulling away. It was very interesting. Ernest says, Ant, what I don't understand is why won't they play Jordan Mason? It is a hard-hitting game, and they needed a hard-hitting running back. Elijah Mitchell's good, but I think he could use help with Mason. I think Elijah Mitchell was very healthy, very fresh. So they gave them the ball 14 times. Uh, he got over 50 yards. The one thing I wish Elijah Mitchell would have done was go back inside instead of going out of bounds. That would have probably ended the game, and we wouldn't have even had to go do a last drive for the Cowboys. Uh, but he didn't, and those are things that you know Bobby Turner and Anthony Lynn are going to have to coach him up on so that way he knows about those situational football plays. But as far as Jordan Mason, I think when it comes down to it, I mean... Jordan Mason's a great running back. I Don't get me wrong. I like his physicality. I like the way he runs. But Elijah Mitchell's better. Elijah Mitchell can get out on the edge on those toss plays like he did. Uh, he's patient in the hole, but then accelerates coming through it. He can still win on contact. To me, he's a better running back right now than Jordan Mason. It doesn't mean Mason won't eventually catch him or, or be better. Uh, but he allows you to run an entire playback, playbook of plays, including catch the ball in the backfield. When you have Jordan Mason in, he's more of the closer. He slams the door. He just runs the ball hard up the middle. I don't think that's what Kyle wanted. And I also think Kyle wanted the veteran running backs he knows he can count on between Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell with the ball in their hands. No turnovers. I know Jordan Mason has to put it on the ground, but you also don't want to give him the opportunity to do so. So I think that's why he's going to continue to go to Mitchell. I don't have any problem with what he's doing. I would go with Elijah Mitchell too because there's just way many, way too many tools in his tool belt. Uh, that he can use because he can do it all as part of the offense. And I think eventually Jordan Mason will help, but I I'm I'm going with that. Let's see. <laughs> John says, Shady McCoy talks so much crap. I can't wait to see uh, a shutdown Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense. Him and Joy Taylor, so close-minded. Purdy owes him for Iowa State. 41-42 Oklahoma. Um, I mean, McCoy's going to talk all week. I, I mean, the talk is going to get interesting, but, you know, when it comes down to it, it's all going to be settled on the field. Jalen Hurts is a dynamic player. They got dynamic players with Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, uh, Miles Sanders, you know, Kenny Gainwell. Uh, you know, they got Goddard. I mean, they're they're talented. This offense is spectacular. I can't wait to get into it this week. Moses says, I'd everyone see on social media how many fights broke out after the game. I didn't see that. Uh, I really didn't. Ernest said, uh, I have to little the man. I love how he's just relaxed. You could tell that uh, he does wonder on Brock Purdy in the game. Um, Google, what's up, Google account? Says, Turpin got lit up on that last play. At the end of the game, he was probably like, did we win, coach? He definitely got rocked. Ezekiel Elliott got put on his butt. I mean, that's a good thing about having that end of the game. We at least got to see that happen because that was worth it. I absolutely loved seeing Zeke get put on the ground. Oh, uh, it was fun to watch. You know, it really was. And and thanks everyone that's watching right now. Uh, if you have the opportunity to like the video, I really appreciate it. And if you have, if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. I'd appreciate it. It doesn't cost you a thing, uh, but it goes to help the channel out a lot as we continue to, you know, go through this content. We're going to have 
NFC Championship content all week long. I've been working all day on some stuff, so I'm really excited that uh, more stuff is going to be coming your way. And so I want to give out another player award because I want to talk about the defense a little bit. Uh, so now it's time to talk about the defensive block is hot player of the game. And my block is hot defensive player of the game. Is there any doubt who it's going to be? It's going to be Fred Warner. Fred Warner was absolutely special in this game. And I think it's so funny that guys like Emmanuel Acho are like figuring it out now. Like, oh, oh he, he's so good. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's been ridiculous. It has been ridiculous. All the people that said Fred Warner fell off. What were you thinking? He didn't fall off. He's been doing other people's jobs to help this football team win. You see guys like him and Jimmy Ward and uh, and Eric Armstead playing positions that they didn't expect to play at times, so that way they can help their football team win. And when they get into situations like, like we have right now with Fred where he's playing his natural spot, he's an absolute all-pro. But he does everything you need to do. The fact that on the interception... Uh, what I heard Dante Whitner said on the interception that Jimmy Ward jumped in front of and tipped it over to Fred, that Fred checked to that defense is absolutely spectacular. Fred Warner does it all. His stats in this game, he had seven tackles. Uh, he had um, he had uh, the interception. The guy was putting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, it, he just had a, a really good game. He had two so or seven solo tackles, two assisted tackles. He was, he was spectacular. I do want to give honorable mention to Diameter Lenore. I know Lenore got beat deep on the play, you know, that one big play to CeeDee Lamb, uh, but he also had the huge interception in this game. And you got to give props to the secondary. The 49ers secondary held Michael Gallup to no catches. None. I mean, what did Michael Gallup even... He's not even on the stat sheet. Michael Gallup did nothing in this football game. I mean, I kept saying they didn't have Amari Cooper, but I kind of expected him to play better. But you start looking at, you know, C.D. Lamb had 10 for 117. He's over double digits. Great for him. He had the 46-yard long. Pretty much they bottled him up underneath besides that. Lots of quick screens. Dalton Schultz, 5 for 27. You'll live with that all day. Noah Brown, 2 for 21. T.Y. Hilton, 1 catch for 15 yards when they had Charverius Ward playing way off, or Ward was playing way off. Tony Pollard had two catches. Turpin had the one where he got rocked by Jimmy Ward. And then Ezekiel Elliott, two catches on checkdowns. It was locked down. The 49ers secondary was spectacular in this game. The 49ers defensive line did not record sacks, but they did pressure DK Metcalf. And D'Amico Ryans brought timely blitzes with Talano Hufanga and other linebackers that they were able to get him off his game. Some of that interception he threw to Lenore, he saw someone flashing towards him coming from the secondary, and that's what made him release that football early. And Diamond Lenore was legit running that route for him. He ran that route for him. It was it was nice. Uh, I, I absolutely loved it. Um, the caretaker. I haven't seen the caretaker in here. It says, beat Jimmy Ward on Turpin and smash that like button. Fred, yeah, Fred was spectacular, wasn't he? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And Ernest says, I'm not a football player, but the last thing God wanted to do is talk crap to the Niners and piss him off. Uh, yeah, you don't. And thanks for the, the sub subscription. Infinite RG, really appreciate it. Infinite RG 5671 with the subscription. Thanks for joining the cutback crew. 
Really, really appreciate it. Uh, the caretaker says DK had a good game too, but they're both home now. Yeah, DK's game was more impressive. Uh, he really was. What's up, JR? How's it going? Um, he was. He was more impressive than what they got from CD Lamb. Now, Lamb had the one catch. Now, you, you take that away. He had a pretty good game. But um, overall, yeah, one guy is not going to beat you. They held him out of the end zone. Dalton Schultz had the lone touchdown. Uh, Jordan Willis and him are meeting up at the line. Willis is trying to hold him up. He releases at the exact time Dak comes out. It's very well executed. Give props to the Cowboys. One of the best you know, red zone offenses in the entire league. But when the 49ers needed to make plays, they did. They they clamped down on the Cowboys. They forced them to kick field goals. Uh, and and that's what you have to do. And then when they had were presented with fourth down opportunities, they got off the field. So I'm very impressed with how the 49ers defensive secondary played. And they're going to need to because they got another tough game going. Uh, but that's why I wanted to give props to those guys who have been playing so well. And props to Fred Warner for just making sure he takes complete control of the defense and puts everyone in the right spots. Uh, let's see. Nico says Niners beat the Eagles last year in week two. It shouldn't be that hard uh, for them. It probably will be hard a little. Uh, yeah, they did beat the Eagles last year. The Eagles are better than last year. Their secondary is better. They, they made the trade for Gardner Johnson. That was a great move. Uh, Kenny Gainwell's better. Miles Sanders is healthy. Their offensive line is more gelled. They've added you know uh, guys to the defensive line. They are a better football team than they were last year, but so were the 49ers. Uh, you throw in you know some of the guys the 49ers have, you're going to have now Brock Purdy at quarterback. They have Christian McCaffrey. They didn't have him last year. Um, you're, you're throwing in you know, other defensive linemen as well. The linebacker group is completely healthy. They didn't have Dre Greenlaw last year. So it's it's gonna be a cool matchup. These two are these two are two of the best teams. I'm gonna put out a video uh probably tomorrow. I'm gonna put out the tail of the tape video. Uh last last week everyone enjoyed it. Got over 7k views. Really appreciate everyone that checked it out. Cowboys and 49er fans both enjoyed it. And this week I'm gonna do with the Eagles. I'm gonna go through all the numbers of the two teams, go through some of the matchups. Uh, it's going to be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And that'll be coming out uh, tomorrow. Ernest says, gentlemen, we have made it back. Living in PA this game means the most yet. Ooh, there you go. A little hometown cooking. JR says, cutback mod for 49ers gang. Love it. So there you go. Thanks so much, JR. JR is throwing out Niners 32, Eagles 17. I would take it. I would definitely take it. And I want to go through. I, I want to give an award uh, to some guys who really hit we got some big hits in this game. Uh, it welcomed some of the some of the Cowboys to the hurt business. So the hurt business, I'm giving out some awards to a, some guys that hit hard. I wanted to give one, but I can't. Uh, to Dre Greenlaw because Greenlaw absolutely destroyed, you know Zeke out of. I think it was Zeke out of bounds. He just crushed him. Can't do that. Uh, so I can't give him one. But uh, people have brought it up in chat already. Jimmy Ward lighting up Turpin, big time hurt business award for Jimmy Ward for bringing the wood and making the big time hit. Aziz Al Shire on the same play for putting Zeke Elliott on his back. Uh, that was fun. Oh, you want to play center, Zeke? Uh, here, here's your reward. Aziz Alshire absolutely running you over. And then Fred Warner. There was a play early in the game where they talked. To, he came flying to the sideline and made a tackle. And they wanted to call 
a helmet-to-helmet hit. They wanted to call a defenseless receiver because he absolutely crushed CeeDee Lamb. Uh, Fred Warner was out there flying around, making hits, making big tackles. Uh, So those three guys I'm putting in the hurt business this week because they were bringing it. It was absolutely spectacular what they did overall. What a great performance coming from those guys. And it, it was fun. It was fun to watch this defense. We've seen the 49ers win different ways this season. We've seen them have to score a lot of points against Vegas. Uh, we've seen them hold the Saints scoreless, winning 13-0. And, you know, then we've seen, you know, offensive uh, juggernaut-type performances like we saw against Seattle. But then we see defense showing up. 49ers can find different ways to win. And this time it was a defensive showdown. Kyle Shanahan called his offense, especially in the second half, to understand, and really the drive before the end of the first half, understanding this was a defensive battle and that running the football, maintaining the clock was going to be how they were going to win this game because his defense was so good. And they executed that game plan. Kyle Shanahan said, what's his game plan to win? <laughs> right? He's been saying that all, all year long. And that's what they did. And it was another really, really good performance from the 49ers, especially that second half. Uh, the caretaker says the key will be the run game. Eagles D isn't good against the run, and we all know how the 49ers run the football. Yeah, the Eagles give up a little over 120 yards per game on the ground. We went through the stat earlier um, that they have given up one, two, three, four, five, six straight teams have went over 100 yards on the Eagles defense. So that'll be something to keep in mind as we you know, go through, I think it's okay to, uh, you know, kind of look at that as we go through the week. I'm sure that's going to be one of the areas that the 49ers are going to want to attack is that Eagles run defense because their pass defense is absolutely spectacular. Uh, they have a lot of really good players in Philadelphia and they've been, I mean, they, they get after they're the number one pass rush defense in the entire league. So I think that's, you know, something to remember is you have all these all these players that, you know, can get after the quarterback and the 49ers, you know, definitely had to deal with it a little bit this time too. So and what's up, Rome the Upsetter? It says easy work. Uh love that. Easy work. Yeah. I don't I don't know how easy it's gonna be. It's gonna be tough. Um, but you know, the it's it's gonna be fun games. I, I think it really is. And uh, Uncle Rob, I missed a I missed a comment from Uncle Rob up here. I'm trying to find it. There is, I think Texas is having a bigger flood than California. So many tears today. Oh yeah, love that. California was having floods for a while. Uh, none of them caused, none of them caused by a loss because the four yards get it done. Uh, uh, Ernest says, which Armstead had that safety? Yeah, you know, I I wish he did too. Uh, but I do think he thought he was just gonna grab him and run him out of bounds. Or that, you know, Dak was just going to throw the football away there. He didn't want to get a penalty, didn't want to stop the clock, didn't want the the 15 yards. He was trying to be smart. And in the grand scheme of things, it did, you know, it didn't help the 49ers, but I'm glad it didn't hurt either. But I think that's what it is. Some of these players are becoming gun shy because of the way the league calls uh roughing the passer and you know these contact plays. Armstead's a tall guy. He contacts Dak Prescott no matter where at in the head or neck area you're probably going to see a yellow flag. So I think that's why he's making sure that he handled it the right way. And he did. And, you know, I think that's good news overall that, you know, they can be smart about those decisions, but I think, you know, he's going to look back at it. You don't have to even tell him. He knows, uh, go ahead and, and make that tackle, grab him, 
throw him to the ground. Don't let Dak to get, allow Dak to get away because you're going to have another. And, you know, the caretaker says better than a penalty. You're going to have a situation this week where you're going against Jalen Hurts. And Hurts is always going to look to run. Him and Dak have similar build. I would say Jalen Hurts is faster than Dak. Uh, he's a better runner with the football than Dak. But I think as far as passing, they're pretty equivalent. Um, so they are going to have added elements to their offense that put Jalen Hurts running the football. They'll do whatever they need to win. They're not worried about running the football, you know, with Jalen Hurts because they have two weeks for him to recover. I think if they weren't, you know, I mean, he was sliding down more uh, last week to protect himself than I've ever seen him do. But I wonder if he'll do that in this game, knowing what is at stake in Super Bowl uh, potentially on the horizon. Caretaker said Kyle said he thought Dak was going to throw it, so he went to bat the ball down. I think that's smart. You know, I mean, overall, I was not mad at him. I was like, I, I was in the moment, I was like, what's going on? What's he doing? Uh, but I think, you know, there's an understanding there that, you know, he's trying not to get a penalty. And I think everyone can respect him because the 49ers have been bit, you know, by penalties uh, in the past. You just don't want that to happen. You don't want to allow the Cowboys to have an opportunity, you know, to make something happen. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that for sure. You know, and and this week is going to be interesting overall once we get into Eagles talk because there are some cool matchups. But I did want to go through uh, some of the. I, I'm not a. I'm not like I don't take these things as you know fact or gospel or anything. But I wanted to go through the Pro Football Focus five highest graded 49ers and lowest graded, so we can get a little P PFF looks. Uh, Charlie Warner had nine snaps and graded out as an 81.5. I did see him in the second half a lot for his blocking. So that came in pivotal that it was Warner. One thing I did think was interesting is that it was Warner and Dwelly that were backing up George Kittle in this game. Dwelly had been inactive for most of the season, but it was Tyler Croft that was inactive for this game. So we'll see how that plays out in the next week. Uh, Spencer Burford, uh, the right guard, it was good news. The rookie, 78.5 on his 32 snaps. George Kittle, a 78.2, his 62 snaps. A lot of the reason, I mean, the, some of those catches he's made. Kyle Juszczyk had one of his best grades all season, um, 73, and his 34 snaps, which means the 49ers were trying to keep them in a base 4-3 set. And then Jawan Jennings, 72.2, which means blocking grades, right? Uh, the top defensive performers, Aziz Alshire at 90.9, then second, Jimmy Ward, uh, then Fred Warner at 86. Uh, Grade 61 snaps, both at 79, Hufanga. So the 49ers' biggest players showed up at the biggest times and made plays. Aziz, only, Aziz played 19 snaps. So uh, just like I thought, they didn't really put, you know, where Jimmy Ward played 42 snaps. I knew they weren't going to play too much too tight end. They did not play too much too, too tight end against the 49ers. They did sometimes. They brought in extra offensive linemen as well. Um, but the ratio was still, you know, go, putting the 49ers in the nickel. The lowest graded offensive players were Brunskill, uh, Jake Brendel, and Ray-Ray McLeod. And Ray-Ray McLeod is getting killed because of the fumble. So uh, I don't think, you know, he really shouldn't be graded out as one of the worst except for that. Uh, Brendel had, I thought he battled in the interior. I'm not going to hate on him. And Brunskill did have some missed blocks, including the Brock Purdy quarterback draw. If Brunskill makes his block, Purdy is at least inside the five and gives the 49ers a different type of look on the third down play that was coming up. And then the lowest graded on defense were all defensive linemen, Kevin Givens, uh, Javon Kinlaw, and Ebicom, who were, I mean, the two interior guys were eating double teams, taking on the run, doing the dirty work, keeping guys off of their linebackers, 
That's why you can't take these things as gospel because they have to do a job, you know, to keep guys free and able to run. Uh, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, he's outside, are not able to run free without Kevin Givens, Javon Kinlaw, and Samson Ebicom eating up blocks and making plays. And plus, Ebicom had a huge sack in this game. So, uh, very pumped about those guys overall. Uh, Rome is, is, Rome says we'll have shots. You know what? Maybe we will have shots down the field to be able to take. I hope so. Um, and Rome, I think, brings up a good point. Philly's defense won't be nearly as fast as Dallas up front. And I think that's completely fair. I really do. I think that's a fair statement. I think, you know, uh, they're built different. You know, overall, Philadelphia is built uh, way different than, you know, how the Cowboys are are, are built. Uh, Micah Parsons, there's no one like him. They do have Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick is a good player. Uh, he's definitely a different type of pass rusher than Micah Parsons. Parsons is an extreme athlete. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of those things to get into this week. I'm looking forward to, you know, all of that. And I'll get into the, some of that in the tail of the tape video that will come out tomorrow. Um, but I really enjoy going through this, you know, 49ers versus Cowboys recap. Thanks, everyone, for watching. If you have the opportunity to like the video, subscribe to the channel, check out all the content that comes out this week, including, like I talked about, the tell the tape video that's going to be coming out. Uh, we'll do the game uh, game preview show, the Madden simulation. They're all coming up this week. Uh, so I hope you guys all have a good day. Have a good Monday. Victory Monday is here. And I'll catch you guys all on the next one. Stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way.